0: everybody. Welcome to another Gold Standard Podcast, part of the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats guerrera and with me, as always, on a Thursday, the human wet blanket, Levin Black. What's up,
1: Levin? Nah, screw your pleasantries. I got <laughs> multiple beefs with you this week. Multiple beefs with me? All right. Oh, well, yeah. This we'll is get... what we're going to start with. I don't care what your
0: rundown was. That's what we're starting with. All right, well, can I at least remind people to please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We always appreciate your ratings and your reviews, helping us get that Apple Pod star rating up. If you take the time to leave a review, we will take the time to read it. First review, five stars, Ace San Diego, subject passing yards. Five stars for agreeing with Michelle last week when you guys debated whether or not Trey Lance could break the Niner single season passing yardage record. Ace San Diego says she crushed 11, came prepared and had the numbers. What do you say about that?
1: Yeah, I've heard that uh, said to me multiple times on Twitter that, well, she had the stats. I had stats. That she is true. Never let me talk and immediately interjected before I could finish all my stats. But, like, I brought five years' worth of stats that are what was relevant. So I don't get that. But, no, I listened back to that pod and there multiple times, like, I wish I had jumped in. I was like, oh, I could have countered that pretty easily with this. I didn't do as much countering as I, thought I did when listening back. So let me get this straight. If you were in a boxing match and one person
0: is punching and the other person is admittedly not counterpunching, who would you say won
1: that fight? <laughs> well, it wasn't a boxing match, but <laughs> I made my points and that was about all I did listening back. But there were multiple times when there was an opening where she kind of contradicted herself in small ways that I could have picked apart. MVA 49
0: writes five stars. The most consistently interesting and entertaining of the 49ers podcast. 49ers in five in the gold standard. Top my list stats and the wet blankie got a good stick going. Information is solid and fun. And the containment of advertising is appreciated. Always annoying to fast forward through minutes of the same old product reads. Every episode would like to know the origin of the stats. Moniker Rob isn't particularly steady. Think Michelle is the steadiest of the crew. Go Niners Nation and keep up the good work. All right, uh, quick, just to answer your question, Stats was the first nickname I ever had. I got it when I was an intern at ESPN because my first job was handing statistics to people on the radio as we were watching college and pro football games. Somebody asked who the hell that kid was in the studio, and a producer said, I don't know, Stats, and thus the nickname was born. Well, we kind of already got into 11, but I'm just going to ask. Well, Let
1: me me say this because I've been wanting to say it for a while and there's never been a good opening. That's probably the thing I am most jealous about with you. My nickname. Yes. It's not my good looks
0: or my marriage or my family. Definitely
1: not any of that. Uh, (laughs) I have a marriage, too. So uh, I don't know why I'd be jealous of yours. But uh, no, I uh, I'm I don't know Michelle very well. So, I can't say for certain that I'm the most stat obsessed, but I'm the one that back before they had live stat tracking on the internet, and I was 13, 14 years old, I sat and tracked the stats myself while watching on TV so that I would know who's had a good game and who hasn't. Like, I, I love stats, I sit and watch it all the time. There's been just a couple times when I was writing for a different website that I was the first person to get that that was a record because. I pay attention to stats. and I was like, I don't think anybody's done that before. And I looked it up and nobody had done it before. Like, I can't say for certain that I'm more stat obsessed than Michelle. But I think I, I wonder how much of that is her job and how much of that is her own actual personal obsession.
0: She is a, re- a researcher for NFL Network for anyone that doesn't know. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I do love statistics. Um... But that's, yeah, that's not how the nickname came about for me. I do love, I don't know if you do this, when I go to a baseball game, I keep score manually with the scorebook and everything. I absolutely love doing that. Um, I, it's a lost art. It's fading quickly, but
1: I do love to do that. I used to do that to a certain degree when I was younger. Then I got to college and I had the college beat uh, where I, you know I covered every single game. And they literally handed me the stats. Like I sat next to the official score so it was like i i don't need to keep track of my own the actual official (laughs) book is right there yeah (laughs) so i i kind of let that die but no like i uh when i graduated college i had an idea that i might try to write a book and i was going to write a book that tried to use a statistical deep analysis to rank the all-time quarterbacks and i literally built an excel file that had like all kinds of custom stats that i had computed And I painstakingly spent hours upon hours putting all of their statistics in. I I had over 100 quarterbacks in there, every stat they ever had in their career. And then that computer fried, and I lost it all. And I said, I'm done. Because that was before the cloud existed or anything. And I was like, all right, I'm not redoing that. Yeah,
0: there's two kinds of projects. There's the project that you're like, I'm doing this, and nothing's going to stop me no matter what. And then there's the project when if it all goes up in smoke, you're like, well,
1: that's the end of that yeah i started on my senior year of college and then continued it after and then life kind of caught up and he's like i I, i'm not redoing this i already had 100 hundreds of hours into making all those all those things and yeah but that that's how much i love statistics not that i think they are always correct i don't think they always show the true picture i think
0: the problem is that everybody likes to point to one look at this look at that this proves this that proves that It's not true. No one statistic, especially in football, gives you a complete picture. You have to look at context and you have to look at multiple things to ultimately arrive upon what more than likely is the truth. But we don't like to do that nowadays. So we get stuck, you know, worrying about Trey Lance's training camp completion percentage, for example, as many people are very, very upset about.
1: All right. So arriving at the truth, no stats needed for this one. This is beef number one. You have invited Michelle to a fantasy football league, Yep. but not only that, you invited her wife, which I know is also in the industry, but not me, the guy that helped you launch all this. I'm waiting for the problem. (laughs) I thought we were closer than that. I thought we actually had a friendship here, not just a professional relationship. I I guess I was wrong. You know what it is? I spend
0: 45 minutes beating on you every week. I didn't think you'd want to continue that every week in fantasy football so i left you out of it i, easy for I a guy it a merc- to
1: say that has never competed against me in fantasy football and easy for a guy to say who has not gone through the trouble to set it up as the leader of this whole shindig when each of the past two years i have mentioned to you we should do a fantasy football league amongst the podcasters of this network Okay. Well, you know that goes nowhere and never happens because (laughs) are your hands
0: broken? Do you not know how to log on? I don't have everybody's phone numbers. I can get you the numbers. I have the information. Okay. Look, if you want to start a Niners Nation Fantasy League, I will do it. And if you want to invite people to join other hosts,
1: listeners, I'm all for it. Okay. I am all for it. Well, this was the rub, which I explained to you last year. We're in the middle of the week. So if we're doing a pod or a, a podcast fantasy football league, it's not our show that's going to have it be part of their show. Maybe a little, but it's the first people of the week that, you know, people want to know the results. So are you saying I was right not to start it? I don't understand where you're
0: going with this. That you didn't even try, and I have to wonder why. I'm very busy here, all right? Yeah. I would love to do it. I'm sorry it wasn't at the top of my list. I was busy, you know, making sure we set downloads records last year, which,
1: oh, by the way, we did. Oh, that was all thanks to you. And, you know, I'm very busy too, but I sat and waited 45 minutes on your ass tonight to show up. I
0: was, this is, I was late. (laughs) So it's very important for me to be
1: punctual. I'm just going to tell
0: everybody uh, because I don't want to waste anybody's time. I don't want to waste your time, Levin. You've got things that you're doing, but. It was like a perfect storm where my mom had the kids and my wife was out and then my mom came back and I had to put the kids to bed and we had to start the show and it was, it was bad. But I do apologize for that. I hate being late. I was only ever late twice at NBC because, you know, it was up at 3 a.m. into work at 430, that whole thing. There was only two days where I was late, one of which I woke up like right when the show was supposed to be starting and I lived an hour away. So by the time I actually fought traffic and got into work, there was like a half hour left of the show. Was that Mike and Mike or PFT? No, that was PFT. I was—I don't think I was ever late for Mike and Mike, but for PFT, it was really bad, right? So the show ended at 9, and I was getting into work at 8.30, which obviously is bad. The worst part was, as I'm walking into work, and for anyone that doesn't know, the front of NBC Sports in Stanford is all glass. It's all windows, so you can see everything. So as I'm walking in, who do I happen to see? Sam Flood, the grand poobah of NBC Sports right at the entrance. And he looks at me, and I could literally see the wheels turning in his head. He's like, I know that guy. That guy's the producer of PFT. PFT is on the air right now. What the hell is going on? So that was a horrible, horrible day for me. It was just, you know, look, when you get up that early, eventually you're going to be late no matter how many alarms you set.
1: Well, uh, you deserved it. Beef number two, I, I listened to that crossover pod, and there's two parts that came out of that that I got beef with. One, you didn't even hesitate to say you would kill me.
0: Oh, 100% fire you. Yep. Brian
1: Peacock asked me, what
0: was it? Mary fire, and uh, something else. Promote. Oh,
1: was it promote? So I nice. immediately got rid of you.
0: Did you expect anything less? <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> I knew that was coming. As soon as he, before <laughs> he even finished the question, you started to speak. I was like, I know which one I am. Mm-hmm. But you went on to say, Michelle is the star of the network. And I take big beef with that because you're just dead wrong. There is one person here that helped launch things. One person here who is one of two people that helped post stuff to the Twitter page of our account for the network. Yet Michelle's the star. Again, problem?
0: Yeah, because it's dead wrong. I appreciate the fact that you're tooting your own horn here. I like it. I'm glad Let's I like it. That's little the The star
1: horde. of this network is you, you dumb shit.
0: <laughs> I will never, ever, ever say but that. But
1: you are the star of this network. Like, there's no ands or buts about it. You're the star of the network. You do the five minutes every morning. You are about 95% of the Twitter page, because I very rarely post. Uh, I kind of took a back seat once that kind of launched. I was like, eh, I'm not really paid full-time for this. I don't want to mess it up. And then Rob has to explain why. So (laughs) if you see a poll, it's probably me. That's about all I post these days. (laughs) You're
0: spoiling the secrets, Levin. You're ruining the illusion.
1: (laughs) Uh, But no, you're on every week. You have two shows. You are, I would bet, mentioned the most in reviews. You are mentioned very often on Twitter when people are saying things. So. I don't think there's any question who the star of this network is in terms of the podcasts.
0: Well, that is very, very nice of you to say, and I appreciate it. Um, I generally don't think of myself that way, but, you know, I'll take a compliment. So thank you very much. All right. Let's get into some things here because I feel like we've been uh, circling around the news of the day. I'm going to have to
1: listen back. I I don't think Rob ever said sorry for any of those beefs. Yeah, that sounds accurate to me. Yeah, yeah. I would have to be sorry in order to say sorry. Exactly. (laughs) Um, You're going to be sorry when I'm 45 minutes late next week and make you mm. just sit there? I ran out of pizza rolls after 10 minutes, okay? (laughs) Like you're a prisoner. (laughs) Like you're on a
0: deserted island somewhere and you didn't know what to do. (laughs) You're debating chewing off your own arm?
1: I I am guessing my wife is probably more annoyed than I am.
0: Because that means we're not going to probably
1: watch anything tonight because I'm not going to get down there till 10 p.m. Oh, well, I'm sorry, Mrs. Black.
0: Or Ms. Black, I don't know what your wife goes by, or if she has a different name. I never actually asked you that, but anyway. Traverius Ward, Emmanuel Mosley, both hurt. It's August 11th. Should I be worried? Should I not care? Is this a blip in the road, or is this, like, a major
1: area where I should be concerned? Doesn't make me feel good. (laughs) I can tell you that, like... Should you be sounding the alarm? No. Should you act like it's nothing? No. Should you sit here kind of stressed about it if you care enough? Yeah. Like this is the Achilles heel that comes up every freaking year and it's already starting to rear its head. We haven't even gotten to preseason week one. So, yeah, I wouldn't blame somebody sitting there going, "I I don't like this.
0: I was just talking with Kyle Posey yesterday and we were talking about Ward and, you know, everything we heard about him was so good and, and positive and like encouraging. And the one thing I couldn't get out of my head was if this guy is this good, like he appears to be, why the hell would Kansas City ever let him go? And I, I actually need to do a little more research into this. Uh, I don't know the answer. Is it injuries? Does he have a history of not being in the lineup? Because if it is now, I'm that, that takes my worry to another level.
1: I don't believe so. I, I, I don't know if he's ever had an injury. I mean, it, it would be surprising if he hasn't had some injury going on in his career. I mean, he's what, played five seasons, I think, four seasons. Yeah. So it'd be surprising if he hasn't had anything happen. But Kansas City, they, they don't have the cap room. They, they got to pick and choose who they're going to pay. And that's why they got rid of Tyree Kill. They're at that point in a championship contending window where they can't keep everybody. Even if they're really, really, really good, they can't keep everybody, so i I'm not too concerned about that, but yeah uh, i I just want to get to the regular season like I know i, I want to see I just want to have a chance to see what this defense could be over a couple week period at least, you know what I mean like add full strength, yeah, add full strength, I want to see what this defense can be, damn it, yeah, I think uh, it could be a historic defense
0: the more we The closer we get to the season, the more excited I get about the defense. Um, And I do want to sort of fast forward to the regular season with everybody healthy, but I am super pumped up to watch Friday's game. Like, cannot wait. I know it's first game of the preseason. I know, I know all that stuff, but it's football and I've missed it. And now that Ward and Mosley are out, Levin, one of the things I'm going to be watching on Friday are all the cornerbacks. Darquez Denard, Samuel Womack, Tariq Castro-Fields, well, everybody like, let's see who flashes and who shows up. Cause uh, you know, that Jordan love for the Packers is going to want to go and light it up because <laughs> the poor guy never gets to get on the field because Aaron Rodgers is there.
1: So I His feel training like camp reports have not been good by the way. Really? I saw, I, I haven't, I should say I have not sat and digested it. Like I have a train lines. I haven't sat and read week in week out, but I follow my college buddy who's a beat reporter and, He's made a couple of posts about uh, Jordan Love struggling. And I've seen a couple other things just from national media about Jordan Love not doing the best. Well, great. This many years in is a problem.
0: Let's hope it continues. You know, I kind of want to see who steps up because I'm not really sold on who the nickel corner is going to be. I don't I don't know if I know for sure if I have a good feel on that yet. And so it's not everything. Obviously, it's one preseason game, but it is
1: something I'll be watching. I think uh, it will be very telling who starts in their place. Who are the starting corners? Because that's going to tell you a lot about, like, where Ambry Thomas is, for instance. If he doesn't start in this, it, he's not making the roster. It's going to be
0: close. I mean, Kyle Posey said every time a corner gets beat in camp, it's it's Ambry
1: Thomas. <laughs> that's not a good sign. This guy's a third-round
0: pick last
1: year. Yeah. I mean, I've seen those reports. Uh, as Shannon said, some guys are better in games, so he's excited to see them in game situations. Yep. Uh, I don't know if that was with Thomas in mind. I would doubt it. But uh, if he doesn't start, which would mean he's at best fourth on the depth chart or fifth on the depth chart currently, and you would think of, uh, when Jason Verrett is back, he would jump in front of him. So that means Thomas would be sixth at best at this point. Hey, good luck. It was really telling last year. When Thomas
0: started to actually come on a little bit and Shanahan literally said, I didn't think he was going to be this good. Like I didn't think he was capable of this. Uh, It turns out maybe he's not. We'll find out. Um, The other position group that I'm going to be watching is running back. I'm excited about the running back. That's the big one for me. Yeah. Like I, I, you know, Elijah Mitchell's there and that's cool, but we keep hearing nothing but good things about Ty Davis price about Trey sermon who like seemingly is back from the dead. Um, I want to see this guy, Jordan Mason, that everybody keeps talking about. Like, I'm excited to watch the running backs. And and the cool thing about that is I feel like that's something that's going to take us through most of the game because there's something to see with anybody they put in there.
1: Yeah, I think uh, running backs is actually a position you can get a good feel for in preseason games. You know, a lot of the offense, I don't think you can, especially with Kyle Shannon, because Kyle Shannon does not like to run anything to give anybody – a glimpse into what his real offense is going to look like come regular season. I mean, we've seen it he runs very vanilla. And does that lead to running backs having issues? Yeah, because the blocking schemes, I don't know if he dumbs down the blocking schemes or if he just purposely doesn't run good plays or what it is, but you can at least see what they're capable of doing when things aren't going well. And I think that is a big key to running backs because a lot of times, yeah, if the hole is there, Joe Schmo off the streak, can find that hole and go through it. It's when the hole is not there and they got to pick their moment to find the tiniest of holes to get through. That's the difference maker for running backs. And you can see that even in a preseason game when the blocking and the play calls aren't exactly what they would be in the regular season. So who's going to rise in that running back room. That is the number one thing I think I'll be watching for in the preseason.
0: And part and parcel to that, of course, is the offensive line. Are these guys opening up holes, you know what does that look like? I want to see Jake Brendel, the mythical Jake Brendel, who the team has so much faith in. Yeah, I like, like to see in Aaron, the NFL so long. I want to see Aaron Banks. Like, you know, this guy was ready to start last year. Remember, that's that's what they have sold us on him. So I don't want to see a guy that's you know coming along. I want to see an NFL starter out there, and I hope I do. Um, but it's definitely going to be something to watch. Uh, yeah, it, on the interior.
1: That is one I don't list it at the top. I think it's the most important in terms of how the season goes, how that interior line ends up shaking out, whether it's abysmal or enough guys step up. Uh, I mean, if it's bad, like it has been in training camp reportedly, granted they're going against probably the best defensive line in the league, but it's not been good, then that destroys everything. Like you get interior pressure on the quarterback. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. They're done. You're going to struggle on offense. The reason I don't list it as the number one thing I'm watching is because I think it's very, very hard to actually get a feel for how good individuals are doing on an offensive line during a game because it takes you – the way you have to do it is you don't watch the ball. you know. And I think most people watch the ball when they're watching a game. I think offensive line is something that comes from reviewing afterwards, watching a replay, where you can – don't worry about the ball. Watch this one player, see how he did. And if I'm being fully honest, it's not really my area of expertise. I can tell when somebody's doing bad. Right. I, I, I can't tell the difference between somebody who's doing okay and somebody that's destroying people, you know. Uh, so a lot of that I rely on others that are much smarter than I am when it comes to offensive play.
0: Offensive that's line play. totally reasonable and fair. The thing with Banks was that he was so bad at points last season, he wasn't even dressing for games. And so... Are we going to see that? Like, are we going to see a guy that's getting beat consistently and quickly? That's really what I'm going to be keeping my eye on. But I agree with you. You can't really get a firm picture until you specifically watch for that, which is very hard to do on the TV copy. Um, Switching it over to the defensive side, although I guess we've kind of been bouncing back and forth. Drake Jackson. I have not heard a ton about him in camp. I've heard some good things. Mostly that he's, you know, he's a pass rusher right now. He really needs to work on his game against the run. But I like to see a little something, a flash of substance, even if it's just, you know, a good pass rushing move against the backup tackle. Like, I just want to see these guys sort of unveiled, you know, let's unwrap the Christmas presents.
1: Right. Uh, Pass rushers preseason can go very well for him because, like I said, a lot of teams don't run as complicated of an offense for, Obvious reasons and especially pass rush, you're able to kind of shine because you get the opportunity to just go. Just go get the quarterback. You got situations where you know the other team is going to be passing. And you know what I mean? You're gonna have a lot more of those situations because you're gonna be able to get a feel pretty quickly on well, this team it doesn't care to try to run the ball right now. They, they want their quarterback to pass more so they can see that quarterback more. And that is something that I don't think this Niners defense needs Drake Jackson to be great. But if he ends up being somebody that's really good as a rookie, it, it's just another reason for this defense to absolutely demolish teams and make it to where the offense can be really bad and they would probably still make the playoffs. Like that That's the possibility that defense has. That defense has the ability to be – so ridiculously good that the offense can be amongst the worst in the league and they could still manage to win 10 games like last year.
0: And we've seen guys come in right out of school and have incredible impacts as pass rushers in their rookie year. And the example that I think of, of course, is Alden Smith. Now, Alden Smith was the seventh overall pick in the draft, not a second-round pick like Drake Jackson. But my point is that rookies and young players can have an impact. Alden Smith had 14 sacks his rookie year. What a monster that person was, man. 14 sacks his rookie year, 19 and a half sacks in year two for
1: Alden Smith. I mean, what could have been? You know, I wasn't going to bring this up. Because it, not specifically 49ers, but you mentioned Alden Smith. And I had my mind blown just randomly looking at uh, going to look at a player's career and seeing the statistics. Uh, of the active sack leaders, so active players' career sacks. There are four out of the top five that came from that 2011 draft. There are four or three, I should say, pretty much already in the Hall of Fame players. Four that will likely make the play, the Hall of Fame with a couple more that have chances. Plus, there's Alden Smith down there. All of them are pass rushers or defensive linemen, I should say. Just ridiculous. I never I never realized that draft legitimately has like eight guys that had a shot at the Hall of Fame if you count Alden Smith. It's ridiculous. You like Cameron Hayward, he's he's down there like 18th on active sacks list because he's a defensive tackle, but he's made three all pros. he got a pretty darn good chance at the Hall of Fame. It's just ridiculous. Like that that's got to be the best pass rushing draft. There's ever been and i've never heard anybody say it so it just caught me completely off guard so i'm using that whole alden smith mention to talk about that
0: yeah i mean you got von miller at two jj watt went 11 he's got three defensive player of the year awards that's pretty damn good uh robert quinn is there he's a very good pass rusher yeah,
1: yeah robert quinn is one that like a lot of people probably wouldn't th- that if you asked hey does he have a chance to hall of fame they'd say no he has 107 sacks. He's just entering his 30s. If he gets 30, 40 more sacks, he's going to be right there at the top 10 of all time. Like, he's got a shot at the Hall of Fame, despite I think most people don't view him as this dominant player because he's really only had two years where he's absolutely dominated, but one of them was last year. You're I do completely like completely off, at- but it is just ridiculous. Like like I said, it could. It caught me off guard, and because I'm constantly looking at stats and this stuff, I don't normally get caught off guard by something like that. And it, it yeah, completely like, what the heck? Why do all of these people have 2011 as their draft year listed? <laughs> well, it's a, so it's a thing we do, right? Like,
0: we love the draft. We talk about it. We predict it. We analyze it. We break it down. But then we kind of leave it. Like, we don't go back that often and look at draft classes as a whole when we have the perspective. Like, 2011 was more than a decade ago. Like, yeah, so I think there's
1: 10 11 seasons now.
0: Right. So we have the perspective. And to look back and see some of the classes year to year, like, just look at the top five picks that year. Cam Newton, Von Miller, Marcel Darius, AJ Green, and Patrick Peterson. Four of the top five picks, studs, absolute stud players, maybe not for a 15-year stretch, but I mean, Cam Newton's a former MVP, took a team to a Super Bowl. Von Miller's Super Bowl MVP. A.J. Green's an all-pro wide receiver. Patrick Peterson, all-pro corner. Oh, by the way, Julio Jones was sixth in that draft. So, damn, that was a hell of a year.
1: Yeah, I was actually wrong. It's five out of the top six currently. We're 2011. Chandler Jones is the only outlier. And all of those guys have 100-plus sacks. So there's five guys in the same draft right that had 100-plus sacks already. One of the guys that missed is Ryan Kerrigan, who made four Pro Bowls, just retired uh, due to some injuries, slowing him down. And then, like I said, you got guys further down, Cameron Hayward, and obviously the whole Alden Smith thing. Like imagine if Alden Smith didn't have his issues and played his whole career. He he might be on top of that leaderboard for active, and that means you'd have six guys in the same draft that had 100 career sacks. That's insane. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that that is wild, man. Some some years are just like chock full of dudes, and you look back and you're like, holy hell. Hopefully, someday we're saying that about Drake Jackson or Nick Bosa. I mean, I think we're kind of already saying it about Nick Bosa now. Put that put that dude in bubble wrap, man. He didn't need to play against Green Bay at all, at all,
1: <laughs> at all. He doesn't. He didn't need to play in preseason when he was a rookie. I know.
0: <laughs> it's absurd. That is so wild. Thank you, Cardinals, for taking Kyler Murray first overall. What a, what a win that was when you look back now Kyler he's got you know he's got injury issues this year plus the whole homework thing like go ahead you can have Kyler Murray we'll take Nick Bosa please and thank you
1: Yeah I mean the Niners would have ended up with is it Queenan I can't remember exactly how how would we Queenan Williams Yeah that's who the Niners brought. almost definitely would have taken number 2 then uh, it was considered a possibility even with boza sitting there that they might take him and he hasn't been bad as a pro he's had some injury issues but he hasn't been a deference maker i wouldn't i wouldn't say like he, he's just been good and if the niners didn't have nick boza they're not making the soup bowl in 2019 yep and they don't make the playoffs last year either
0: Hmm. completely changes the game affects the offense on every single Snap. Those guys are so, so rare. I think we like to make stars out of a, like defensive players. Not everybody affects the game the same way Bosa does on every single play. He's so much fun to watch. All right. Is there anything else that you're specifically watching for on Friday? Cause if not, I got to get to this other Kyle Shanahan
1: story. That... Uh, I will say this. Okay. I am not watching for how train Lance does. Very, very, very little value. Good or bad will I take out of how he does in preseason? Kyle doesn't run the real offense, so I don't really care. And I, you don't know what the defense is running. A player can dominate because the defense is running a crap coverage because they don't want to show anything. Or the defense could dominate because they actually do run crazy complicated blitz schemes. We've seen that a few times in preseason where Mm -hmm. you, you got a defensive coordinator that really doesn't like the other team, has some vendetta against them or whatever, and they end up running actual true regular season blitz schemes and the blocking schemes are not ready for it. They're not calling audibles, you know, it's preseason and you see an offense just get obliterated by the first team because of that. Like I just don't take almost anything out of any quarterback in preseason. And I think it's even more so with what we've seen Kyle Shanahan do in the preseason and how he treats it.
0: I can't remember the year was it 2011 with the lions where it was Jim Schwartz and I don't know. I can't remember that there was a Harbaugh year where like, maybe it was the saints. It might've been the saints where basically before a preseason game, the two coaches will have a conversation and they'll say to each other, like, Hey, what do you want to work on? You know, what do you want to see your offense do? What do you want to see your defense do? And they kind of, You know, they massage the game plans a little bit so the coaches can work on the things they want to work on. Well, apparently one year with Harbaugh, either he didn't call or he didn't answer when the other team called. And so what happened was when they played in the preseason, the defense started blitzing the 49ers like crazy, just beating the tar out of them. It might have been the Saints now that I think about it. And so like because that sort of pleasantry call never took place, the saints got all mad and just blitz the hell out of the 49ers and beat that beat them up basically. And then they played of course later in the playoffs. And we all saw how that went. Uh, so it'll be interesting. Harbaugh's or, uh, Shanahan's going to have to call his buddy LaFleur there. And I'm sure they'll have that conversation, but you're right. The Trey Lance stuff. I mean, look, it's going to be dissected. Like you wouldn't believe like he'll throw three passes. And if one of them's off target, God help us. But, uh,
1: we're not going to overreact, but everybody else will. I I can tell you that if Lafleur runs a complicated blitz to get to Trey Lance, I don't think him and Shanahan are going to be friends anymore. Unless like, Kyle wants Kyle. Him to. I I don't think Kyle wants him to. Kyle doesn't want him getting hit. Kyle, but, you know you know how Kyle is. He's confident that you get him to the regular season with his with his best players. He's going to beat you with his play calling. He's not worried, so he doesn't. I don't think he wants to see any chance of an injury. He doesn't want his quarterback getting hit.
0: Did you see, apparently, uh, Kyle this week was asked if he likes those guardian caps, those kind of like foam helmet-type right. things that certain players are wearing, and he said, yeah, he likes them because my quarterback's hands don't get broken or fingers don't yeah. get broken if they hit the helmet, which I thought was very telling. Well, but also Trey Lance injured his finger last year on. Right. But D'Amico Ryan said yesterday that they've had a few quarterbacks this year have their fingers go into defenders' helmets, but because of the guardian caps – like they haven't gotten hurt. So I don't know if that's something that Lance or the other quarterbacks got to work on, but thank God for those guardian caps.
1: Yeah. I saw somebody post on Twitter last week. It wasn't any like reporter or anything. It was just a random tweet. I saw saying, so if these are so safe, why don't they wear them in games? And I was like, I mean, they are big and bulky. I'm guessing there would be some issue for maybe like wide receivers being able to see. I mean, we all heard the big hubbub that Tony Brown made about changing his helmet and not being able to see when looking back and things like that. So I'd imagine they would restrict in that way. Some, but how else would they, like, I I didn't really have an answer right off top of my head of why they couldn't.
0: Well, they could do whatever they want. The problem is they don't put health and safety above all other considerations, right? Like those helmets look weird Hard to put a
1: logo on one of those things. Hard to put a logo. They
0: look weird on TV. Um but they are, you know, they are there's some new helmets that are coming out that are that kind of flex a little bit more that can help with that stuff. So there's there's things that they can do. Um but I just thought that that was really interesting. All right, let's get to this Shanahan story before we wrap up. Apparently Kyle has a little bit of a beef with the league. Uh, he was on KMBR on Wednesday and they asked him like, "Hey, are you going to wear the Shanahan hat, you know, the red hat with the little black square on it?" And Kyle said, quote, I have such beef with them right now. It's a tough issue going on. They won't let me pick out my own hat. They won't let me wear any one that's from a previous year. So I can't wear an older one. I've got to wear the new ones that they give us this year. Unfortunately, there's none I like wearing. Hopefully we can figure it out or wait until Salute to Service. It's just deals. I don't want to go too hard and get fined or anything. But trust me, I'm upset about it. Are we going to see a hatless Kyle Shanahan on the sideline?
1: We might, but NFL, get your head out of your ass with this stuff. <laughs> no endorsement deal gives a flying F. Well, I shouldn't say that. The endorsement deals might care, but they're not going to give you less money because of it. Like the NFL should recognize they are the king and have been for a while. They pretty much call their own shots when it comes to endorsements and advertisers. Like you're not getting as much publicity. Anywhere else. So one coach wearing their own hats or one coach going back to Mike Nolan wearing a suit does not matter whatsoever, will not cost them money. The NFL is in a unique position where they are so big and powerful. They have the ability to push back at advertisers a a decent bit and say, no, we're going to do it this way and you're just going to allow it to happen. Well, they they never do.
0: Do you remember what happened
1: with the Mike Nolan thing?
0: Yeah, they went and made one. Right. Reebok was the NFL's apparel sponsor at the time, so they were the ones that started making the suits for Mike Nolan because the league didn't want to tell him to stop wearing them on the sideline, so they kind of reached a compromise He wanted to wear
1: it because his father, when he coached the Niners, wore a suit on the sideline. And, you know, he he got his suit, and everybody lived happily ever after, right? Right. Somehow the walls did not come (laughs)
0: tumbling down at that point. Um, I feel like this is an easy solve, though. The Niners have five primetime games. So you tell Shanahan he's got to wear the league hats that are approved for the deals in the primetime games. If you're not in primetime, wear whatever the hell you want. Like, that's really, it's
1: fine. More than that, I would say it's the the people that can make NFL hats because there's a lot of different NFL hats out there. You know, every year there's, what, a dozen different designs. You know, I'm just throwing a number out there. But you can constantly see all kinds of different designs sitting in the NFL shop. That company, is it New Era? I think New Era has the current deal. I can't can't remember for sure, but whatever company has it, go to Kyle Shanahan and say, we'll make you whatever hat you want, Right. but we get to put it in the shop and sell it. And if Kyle Shanahan says no to that, uh, well, then it's on Kyle Shanahan at that point. He had the ability to get the hat he wanted. And if he says yes, then he gets to wear the exact hat he wants. And that apparel company gets to sell it and it would sell quite a bit we see a lot of the hats that shanahan ends up wearing selling a lot and you see oh a lot yeah of fans whatever he wears so just go to kyle Shanahan, and say hey and if it wants more than one make more than one they will sell you will make your money back
0: <laughs> right imagine that making a hat that people will actually want too bad they can't wear the residency hats i love those hats man
1: i i have seen them wear them but just not in
0: Oh, and yeah, they all wear them in the pressers and everything. Kyle's worn them. Trent Williams has, like, a new one every time, I feel like. I've got mine. Do you have one? I
1: did not get one. I hate fads. I, I, it's just not in me. <sighs>
0: of course. It, it's
1: really not. Every, like, I like the design, but everybody went out. And I don't like being, all right, uh, I'm just going to be like everybody else. I, I hate that. Like, the very fiber of who I am is... When everybody zigs, I'm going to zag and find a different path. It, it's just who I am. And I can't do it. Yeah, that That's weird to me. Like, I look at it. I want a 49ers
0: hat. Do I like this hat? Yes or no? If the answer is yes, I buy it. I don't give a crap what everybody else is doing. If I like the hat, I'm buying I, it. I should say
1: I don't buy a ton of apparel because I like kind of wearing in something. So I don't like to change constantly because i like wearing it for a long time and i do like the hat i got at the same time more and that's the hat people have seen if they've ever watched us on video all red with the old classic original niners logo that's the shield i I love that shield anything with that shield i'm pretty much a sucker for i hope everybody doesn't start wearing it and then you'd have to stop apparently according to the code 11 black. I I would probably struggle. Like, like, I guess we should bring this up. I posted a poll yesterday. The results are bothering me. Legitimately bothering me. I posted a poll. Who's going to lead the team in receiving this year? And gave the three obvious choices. Debo, Ayuk, or Kittle. Why am I annoyed? Because Ayuk is winning it with like almost 80% of the results. And that drives me nuts because I was on the Ayuk train before everybody else and so now everybody says he's going to lead the team in receiving yards and it's like well that can't be a hot take anymore Anybody yeah, saying that it's going to be a hot take it's not but you've
0: already staked your claim there so now i can... know
1: but it still annoys me that everybody's jumped on that now
0: that's what you want when you make these claims isn't it the people to see no. the wisdom in your
1: words yes you want to be proven right that doesn't mean you want everybody jumping on before it happens so that they can go, see, I predicted it too. Oh, man. You're just ne- <laughs> human you see blanket, what I mean? Man.
0: You're never happy. I
1: am happy very briefly at times. <laughs> <laughs> right, Tiny little bits of happiness. Do you, you get know where I'm coming from? Like, I, I, don't, I don't like being on a bandwagon. I don't like being the best way to put it as part of a fat.
0: Right, but if you're driving that bandwagon
1: and not a passenger – That's not a bad spot to be in. I didn't say it's a bad spot, but it's a little annoying to me that like literally a majority of the fan base now thinks Ayuk is going to be the number one receiver and lead the team in receiving yards this year. It's like it hasn't happened yet. So I don't get. Ha ha. I was right. And when I do get ha ha, I was right. Everybody was going to go. Yeah, I was too. Right. When you (laughs)
0: were on it, as soon as Ayuk was drafted, you said he's already the best receiver on the team. We'll see if that ends up happening. If you wanted something cool to do as we wrap this thing up, this is just me jamming this in the show because I love space. Anything to do with space, I think, is awesome. I just... Like, when they show those images from the web telescope or whatever, I will stare at it just in amazement.
1: Okay, real quick. Did you see what one of those ended up being?
0: Yeah, it was a piece of chorizo, right?
1: (laughs) Brilliant. Hilarious. I I loved that because... I think they're fascinating photos, but part of me does go, well, how do they know based on a freaking photo what the chemistry makeup is inside that planet? Because it's a different planet. It could be different colors for what a gas is. You know what I mean? They're, they're assuming, based off little tiny changes of color, what the actual atmosphere is like in, on that planet. And it's like, it's a different planet, it could be different now
0: we've reached the portion of the show where levin knows more than the scientists no but you're right that's why i like space anything could be out there anything there's no rules like anything could be out there and if you go outside tonight on thursday check out the super moon the moon is going to be bigger and brighter and if you don't know what a super moon is the moon's orbit around the earth is not a perfect circle it's more like uh an oval type shape And so sometimes it gets closer to the earth than others. Tonight's one of those times. So go outside and stare at the moon and just understand that we are on a tiny, floating little blue marble in an eternal sea of nothing. And it's awesome.
1: Uh, Agreed. I think that stuff is cool. Uh, My wife, I'm sure, will make me go outside and look. Uh, But I, I can't let you go saying that I'm saying I know more than scientists. I'm not saying. The whole issue I have with this whole thing is that scientists say this is how it is. When in reality, if they act, if you actually look into the actual findings, they even say in there it's theoretical because they can't know for sure. Because the the whole principles that their science is built on could be different on a different planet. They don't know that those hold. Now some things do hold. Gravity is going to be the same, you know, everywhere. But in an atmosphere colors could be different well gravity's
0: what? not the same everywhere gravity's not the same on the moon as it is here
1: i'm talking about the actual force gravity yes you can calculate oh, the existence exactly how... of gravity Right. yes the con- consistency of gravity the theory of relativity i was actually just seeing that today that that's basically what uh the whole change i had never seen it explained we're getting way off topic but i've <laughs> never seen it explained so simple it used to be that everybody assumed Gravity, the two things that you're talking about that are between, whether it's you and Earth holding you down or the sun and Earth, that they were both messing with each other. That it was two points gravi- gravity messing with each other, not that the sun is so much freaking larger that the sun is basically saying you're coming with me. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of the very basic idea that kind of broke their whole idea of what space was like, that it wasn't, they were both kind of saying, hey, we're going to stick together. It was the sun saying, hey, you're coming with me. Space is
0: awesome. Go outside, enjoy the super moon, everybody. We are going to
1: promise we won't get off topic as much when the regular season starts. That's true. Even when the preseason (laughs) starts, we're going to have an instant reaction show
0: right after the preseason game on the Niners Nation Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages. So please, please make sure you come, join us. If you want to overreact about Trey Lance, we can do that too. Don't worry. Continue to leave your ratings, reviews for the show on Spotify, on Apple Pods. We thank you. We are eternally grateful for those 11 have a good weekend and we'll talk to you after the game